Hello, and welcome to show number 2318 of Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. Dragging the stylus around the surface, and the balls are popping up. So if I make a circle, a circle appears, and I can feel the circle with my hand. So the idea is so you can make drawings and be able to feel them simultaneously while you're making them. And that was a little demo of a very creative and useful device that we'll be talking about today. The Braille Doodle is an inexpensive, refreshable, two-sided tablet for learning Braille and creating tactile images. We'll speak with its inventor, Daniel Lubiner, CEO and founder of Touchpad Pro Foundation, which makes the device, about the inspiration for the device, its features, and the role it can play in education and in daily life. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Daniel Lubiner. One of the things that's beautiful about the Braille Doodle is sharing it together with sighted peers, sighted moms, dads, friends, teachers. Anybody could pick this up and start learning Braille. So my tip is that Braille is for everybody because we need to build an understanding between communities that have disabilities and communities that don't necessarily have disabilities because there's always this like sense of discomfort or you know I never met a blind person before you know and we need to be able to live comfortably together that's my tip of the day how's that what a wonderful added benefit of this device that's terrific support for eyes on success is provided by Insight.org, N-S-I-T-E dot O-R-G, the first organization to provide a continuum of employment services that connect employers with talented, dedicated people who are blind or have low vision to meet their workforce needs. Insight, a vision for talent. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, success. Let's start by meeting Daniel. I'm Daniel Lubiner. I'm the CEO and founder of Touchpad Pro Foundation. I'm an inventor, a sort of semi-retired teacher, and uh, I'm very excited to bring this new invention to the world. Were you a teacher of blind students? Yeah, well, I was a teacher for 25 years. I taught special education, so I taught all types of different students, uh, autism, multiply disabled, Down syndrome. Um, So it gave me a really good experience about teaching all different types of disabilities and teaching reading as well, from like non-readers to readers. And then the last five years of my teaching, I was teaching the blind and low vision, and I was teaching them art. and they just inspired me uh, so much. I mean, it was so wonderful. I was actually a little scared going in there, like I was going to mess up and not do anything right. And they just, 
you know, really taught me to experience the world in a whole new way because they're just kids. They're just kids who are blind. They're just a teenagers and they have crushes and they have, you know, everything. And the kids want to play and they want to make games. And uh, it was just a great experience working with them. I gather you personally do not have a visual or other impairment. No, no. I'm a sighted individual. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is the Braille Doodle, an inexpensive, refreshable, two-sided tablet for learning Braille and creating tactile images. Well, Daniel, the name of your foundation sort of hints at what we'll be talking about today, Touchpad Pro Foundation. And I just love the name of the device that we'll be talking about, the Braille Doodle. I assume that came from a concept working with the children you were working with and what you wanted to do with them. Well, that's exactly right, Peter. And actually what happened was, uh, you know, this was all going great. And then boom, the pandemic hit, right? And all our students went home and there was no real way to teach kids who are blind over Zoom. We did the best we could, uh, but it, it was very challenging and a bit upsetting because it actually pointed out a problem that's happening all over the world. Kids don't have materials at home. They don't have things that they could learn Braille or do art with. So that's what inspired the Braille Doodle. So tell us a little bit about the Braille Doodle. What is this device for? What is it all about? Okay. It's about the size of a large computer tablet. Uh, it's got some weight to it because it has all kinds of metal beads inside. So it has all those metal beads. You can kind of hear that, right? And it's filled with hundreds of holes. And inside each of the hole is a little metal ball that could be pulled to the surface with a magnetic stylus. So you pull the magnet over the surface and the little balls pop up and they stay up. So it was kind of based on this toy. Some of you might have played with this toy before, like a mag tab or something. It was on Amazon. But the toy was really made for sighted people. And, you know, it was like an art toy and stuff like that. So I wanted to figure out how we could get this to be perfect for people who are blind to low vision and how they could touch it and the balls won't fall down when you touch them until you push them down. So I've heard this described as sort of like an Etch-A-Sketch, if people are familiar with that. You turn some knobs to move a stylus under a glass plate that had some kind of granular material stuck to the underside of the plate, and you scraped it away with the stylus to make a little picture. And this is sort of like that. You move your stylus and pull up these balls, I take it, so you can feel what the picture is. Exactly. In fact, you know, we 
sometimes call it like the Etch-a-Sketch for the Blind, you know, because it's kind of like that. You know, if you could hear what I'm doing, I'm dragging the stylus around the surface and the balls are popping up. So if I make a circle, a circle appears and I can feel the circle with my hand. So the idea is so you can make drawings and be able to feel them simultaneously while you're making them. There was another thing that I noticed, like this was all inspired by my students. Like I call them my co-designers because watching them work and talking to them and asking them like, what would they want? What would they need? That's where it all came from, you know? And then I also found that you know, if we could set this up right, it could be an intuitive way to teach Braille. So on one side is this big drawing side, if you will. And on the other side is the Braille side. So on the Braille side, it has all the letters and it has, you know, the capital sign, number sign, and four of width. And on this side, it shows you by modeling how to make an A. And then next to that, you practice it. So again, this is like based on teaching reading. So you model and practice. Do it again. Push it down. Do it again. Make an A. And it's also that success factor, like like art. Like when kids walk into the art room, they're like, this is great because I could be successful at everything here, you know? And that's why I tell my kids, you know, it's all about having fun, no mistakes, all happy accidents. And I take it you can easily erase this by just pushing down the balls and start all over again so you can reinforce the behavior, make mistakes, and try again. Exactly, exactly. Just one thing I was going to explain. Underneath all the letters uh, where you it shows you the letters and practice them are lines of cells. So you could do words and sentences. And that's sometimes what people forget about because sometimes they're teaching just one letter at a time and then maybe one word at a time. But when we teach reading, we teach cat, sat, cat, sat, fat. The fat cat sat on a mat. So we go into sentences and we do that rather quickly. Is the geometry of this device such that the spacing of the individual locations is consistent with standard Braille and the size of the dots is consistent with standard Braille? That's an excellent question. So this is jumbo Braille. And it's actually a little bit, if somebody, some people are familiar with Perkins Jumbo Braille, which is a thing, you know, that they developed for teaching. But this is even a little bit larger than that. And actually, it goes from larger on top to a little smaller on the bottom. So you get like that progression downward. And it will also have examples of the real Braille, which is, you know, very small for, you know, for those of us who are just starting out with Braille, you know, to try to make out those dots. So this is more about the pre-Braille skills and the early Braille skills, and it could be used for both children and adults. So anybody who's an early Braille learner 
would like to have the whole system a little bit magnified because it's easier to feel what's going on. Exactly. Most times they start with, you know, eggs and egg cartons. Oh, that's quite large. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty large. Yeah. <laughs> and don't drop them. Yes. <laughs> now, you talked about the two sides of the device. One was essentially for Braille and the other was essentially for drawing. Is that like left and right or top and bottom, the underside of the device? Yeah, top and bottom. So you flip it over. Yep. So you get both. Uh, and the, the drawing side, it's quite large. Like I said, it's about the size of a laptop. So you have a lot of space in there to really make like a house or a tree or house and a tree. I also developed uh, covers that go, will go over the device. Uh, so they will slide on. And then you'll be able to trace like it's a stencil, a house and a tree. And when I got together with a kid with that, it, it was wonderful to just have that little discussion about what's taller, a tree or a house. And the kid didn't know. You know, he's never really experienced that. Blind people never really get to feel the height of a house versus the height of a tree. Right. Well, and it depends on the house and it depends on the tree. So your answer could be either. Exactly. And that's what we discussed. And then we got into, look, I put the tree a little bit back. So the house is actually on this plane up here. And the tree is a little further back. So now we're talking about perspective and how things for sighted people appear smaller as they get further away. So this can be quite useful for all kinds of activities, not only drawing and creative arts and Braille, but also for learning some of these other skills about just looking at the world and navigating in the world, what shape things are, maybe even maps. Peter, you have no idea. It just becomes like a snowball effect. You know, I have a blind guy, O&M, on the team, and he's very excited about what he can do with it. Because instantly he could get a hallway and point out a couple doorways or make a difference, you know, to a street crossing and how there's, you know, one small street, then a large avenue. You know, so it has lots of possibilities. And another incredible possibility is we actually came up with a clever Be Smart. So it's Braille, science, math, and art. because. With math, you have all these graphs, right? All these things that we take for granted uh, as sighted people that you just hand out and then we could change the graph. We can make it bigger, make it smaller. But there's really no devices that you could do that. So I, I sat down with a kid. I was like, okay, there's 10 horses, four pigs, and 15 cows. But the cows had seven babies. So what happened to the graph? And now she can make a graph that represents that. Let me tell you, even as a retired physicist, it, that would have been very useful to have my colleagues describing some graphs to me that they were trying to communicate about. Yeah. And uh, it'll actually, you know, it's 
like I said, snowball effect. You know, things just keep coming, like uh, XY graphing, uh, graphing equations. Like we, we think about something like this and we go, oh, for kids, it's going to be great. But there's nothing out there that could graph equations and do plotting points and XY graphing. So this will be able to do that. So tell me a little bit about how this is actually done. How did you come up with the idea to put this mechanical device together? And how do these balls actually work? They're magnetic in some sense, but somehow they have to latch up when they're pulled up and be able to be pushed down again and repeatedly. Right. You know, there's a little secret sauce is the the little springs underneath of each ball. So you have over 1,500 balls with each one has like a little uh, spring to hold it up just right and be able to be pushed down to just amount of force to keep it up before you want to push it down. And then when you push it down, it latches into place below? Exactly. And that was a happy accident. <laughs> so, you know, the way it developed was like it became like plastic springs that if you put your hands together, like you're clapping them or praying, okay, and then you separate your fingers a little bit, you got to picture the ball sitting underneath on your palm. And then when it goes up in between your fingers, the fingers come back together. And then it goes back down and the fingers come back together. So it turned out to be a great feature because it will hold back the balls that you don't want to come up. I assume you've done life testing on these springs and it's going to work for zillions of repetitions. Oh, yeah. Well, I've had, you know, some of these prototypes for a really long time now and I'm not having any issues with it. We have had made some modifications along the way, and I'm sure we'll we'll make more. But you know, the idea is also so we could give keep this very inexpensive, so we can mass produce them, you know, like a toy, and keep it very very cheap. You know, so coming in at seventy dollars is unheard of for something like this. But that's just for the early bird Kickstarter. Like from what I understand, once this is out of my hands, it could go up to 150, 200 and stuff like that. But I hope, you know, I don't think it'll go up past, uh, you know, 125, 150. At least I'm going to try my best to prevent it. How did you get the project started? Like I said, it was, a, it was a very hard mission. When I had this uh, device from Amazon, in fact, I got a lot of pushback because people were like, oh, I already have that device. Or, you know, you're, you're just inventing something that exists already. But I was like, no, this is not good enough. And eventually, you know, now I call it the $60,000 question because that's how much... <laughs> money it took and it took over a year and a half to work with engineers and to convince people to donate money because I, I formed a nonprofit because nobody was interested in investing something in something like this, you know. So forming the nonprofit was good and we finally had people who were putting in money 
uh, just a, a bit of money at a time, and we finally got it put together, and now we have a prototype. It's expensive to make prototypes and put devices together, set up manufacturing lines and all. Yeah, it's extremely expensive. I had no idea. In fact, I had no idea that how long it would take. Yeah, well, we have the so-called advantage of having worked in corporate research. And from the day we in corporate research handed off a concept to the folks in engineering to make a product, it would be years. Now, these were arguably very complicated products. You know, a printer that could go 100 pages a minute and was the size of a freight train. But still, it took years to develop the concept which was already proven into an actual product. But now you're really getting close. Right, right. Now I do have a manufacturer in India that I'm working with. Now we are doing a pilot run of a small Braille Doodle called the Braille Doodle Mini that will be all numbers, you know, just so it could be like a little math thing. So you talked a bit about trying to raise funding to get this venture underway and your Kickstarter campaign. Can you describe how your Kickstarter campaign works? Sure. Well, the Kickstarter is happening right now. <laughs> so for the first 10 days from May 2nd to May 12th, you, you could get it for $70. It's the early bird special, right? But because we're a nonprofit, our mission is also to give these away. So we're not going to be like pulling these huge profits in the end. What we're going to be doing is recycling all the money back into the machine to sort of give these out to kids who can't afford it. Um, and that's going to be a great feeling. I mean, it's it's been like the dream to go down to the Bronx and start handing these out to the students that you know, we're stuck at home during the pandemic. So you said the Kickstarter campaign has phase one up until May 12th. What What's phase two? Phase two is just goes up to $75. And how long does that run? It's going to be a total of 38 days, 38 days. And then what happens after that? I suppose the people who joined in on the... First 38 days of the Kickstarter campaign will eventually get their devices. Will you continue to sell them after that? What happens? Um, I believe it'll go to retailers after that. In fact, retailers are already planning to snatch them up from the Kickstarter. So even in Australia, they're buying like 40 or 50 of them uh, to be shipped to Australia to be sold there in Australia. So I wanted this to be a foundation. I'm not, I don't really want to go into retail. Well, we wish you luck with that. It sounds like a great idea and a very useful product for all kinds of purposes. Well, thank you so much. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about the Braille Doodle, how to get it, and how to contact its inventor, Daniel Lubiner. Well, Daniel, if people would like to participate in the Kickstarter campaign to get an early version of this device or find out more about the device and your foundation, where would you send them? 
you could go to touchpadprofoundation.org. So it's touchpadprofoundation.org. And that'll take you to the website. You can learn more about it. You can see pictures, videos, lots of alt text. Uh, you know, want to keep everything accessible. And then there will be a big button there to go to the Kickstarter. And remind our listeners of the name of the device. The Braille Doodle. Because you can write Braille and you can draw. Doodle, yeah. You could Braille and you could doodle. It's going to be fabulous. It slices, it dices, it cores an apple. It's going to be wonderful. Do you have a social media presence? I do. You could look up Touchpad Pro Foundation and, you know, just Google it and it'll come up on all kinds of different things. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, that sort of thing. We have Instagram groups and pages or Braille Doodle. If somebody wanted to contact you, could they do that? Of course. It's quite easy. My my email is daniel at touchpadprofoundation.org. For people who might be interested in the device and haven't gotten in on the Kickstarter campaign, I guess they can still go to your website to find out more about the device or perhaps purchase one? Yes, of course. It will be touchpadprofoundation.org. And, you know, probably from there, we'll, you'll be able to get to somewhere where you could buy it. Now that the Braille Doodle is coming to market, what do you have planned next? We also want a lot of user feedback. We want to keep inventing. So that's what I really can't wait to do is start getting back to the drawing board and working on the Braille Doodle 2 or the Braille Doodle pocket size, you know, all the fun stuff. We wish you luck with the original Braille Doodle and whatever follow-ons you come up with. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on this great show. So I really admire what you're doing. This this isn't easy. You know, we work for corporate research, as Nancy said, for years and years. And, yeah, you know, we know what goes into developing products and manufacturing them. And, you know, money was never an issue because, you know, the corporation was <laughs> had gazillions of dollars. But trying to do this as an individual is, is tough. Finding the vendors in, in India and stuff. I just can't imagine doing all that. Yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. Good for you. And sometimes it's really nerve-wracking. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. There's been times when I want to throw my stuff against the wall and, you know, just say forget all this craziness and yeah. drama of dealing with people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But well, good for you. Good luck with that. I hope that uh, sounds like an exciting device. Thank you guys so much. And I think lots of people will be happy that you persisted in following this concept to its eventual development and distribution. Anyway, if you're interested in any of the contact information you just heard, you can go to the show notes for this episode, 2318, at www.eyesonsuccess.net. And we'll also have, in addition to other resources, a direct link to the Kickstarter campaign that was referenced in the show. And remember, if you have questions, comments, or a suggestion for a show you'd like to hear about or a topic you'd like to hear about on Eyes on Success, just send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for today's show. 
Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about NVDA. The NVDA screen reader was first released in 2006 and continues to be used by people around the world. We'll talk with founder Michael Curran about the ongoing development efforts of NVDA, including the very active community involvement and feedback-driven approach that continue to shape the future of this free and open-source software. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you'll join us next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.